Evening guided walking tours will be launched at the capitals of the Inha on Friday. It's a unique place in Moscow where you can feel both local spirit and enjoy Soviet historical architecture. Visitors will be able to learn more about the history of the place, which goes back to the 1930s. Tours will be held every Wednesday and Friday at 8 p.m. The World Cup effect appears to have rubbed off on the Russian Premier League, which saw a 71% spike in attendance this week following the country's hosting of the global football tournament. Russia spent an estimated $3 billion on constructing nine new stadiums from scratch and renovating three others for the World Cup. The first match day of the Russian Premier League's new season, which kicked off with eight games last weekend, set an attendance record of 169 Fans. The league said in a press release on Tuesday last year the same eight games were attended by less than 100,000 fans. The fourth Moscow night bike parade in support of the development of cycling infrastructure and road safety will take place in Moscow on the 4th of August at Suvorovsky Square. Over 20,000 cyclists are expected to take part. Brain training games do not make you smarter. According to scientists, practicing a game like Sudoku or using a brain training app might make you better at it, but it won't boost your IQ or general brain power, a study claims. In fact, those who do brain training do not perform any better than people who don't, suggesting that numerous mobile apps do not work. And instead, researchers suggest people exercise more, socialize and make sure they get enough sleep if they want their mind to be sharper. And around half of all Russians believe society exaggerates the importance of higher education, while over 70% of citizens under 24 claim that a successful career is possible without a university diploma. According to the latest poll conducted by state-run public opinion agency Tsiom, around 63% of Russians agree that higher education helps to build a career and achieve other life goals. However, as much as 51% of respondents disagree that people who have no higher education are doomed to hard and unrewarding jobs. Three points out of possible ten on the roads this hour. Driving time to and from Vinukova Airport is about one hour and ten minutes both ways. Fifty minutes to Remitiv, about the same to the city, over an hour to the Mighty Other One. One hour and twenty minutes from the airport to the city centre. Twenty-eight degrees Celsius in Helsinki, twenty-four in Frankfurt, twenty-eight in New York. It is partly cloudy here in Moscow. The temperature standing at twenty-one degrees Celsius. That's it from me, Yulia Bokova. Do stay tuned for more. With Alan Moore. Good evening, listeners. This is Capital Sports of Moscow's Capital FM, coming from the absolutely wonderful Navarajan Terror, Edienka Navarajan Terror here on the Moscow River. So, well, after that bounce, as Julie mentioned, Jordan News, that, that bounce after the wonderful World Cup we had here, Russian football's first silverware of 2018-2019 season was decided. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. And with that World Cup buzz, filling stadium from Kaliningrad to two men, uh, how is a Premier League club about to go bust? We're going to talk about that a little bit later on as well. 
We're going to look ahead to this week's uh, this weekend's Premier League fixtures. Also, have a look at the Champions League and the Europa League. Plus, we will have to have a look um, at the English version of their start of the season, their Super Cup, which of course is the Charity Shield, which is happening this Sunday. We're going to have a little bit of a chat with a main man from the Footballers Trade Union in Ireland, the PFAI, to see just how Ireland is defending players' rights and making um, you know making it a bit easier to play professional football in that uh, well my homeland. And um, okay, and we're also going to have we have to have a talk about the Tour de France because there have been some very very strange goings on. Like I mean, it seems to be that the sicker you are, the better you can be a bike rider. So we'll have a, a chat about that a bit later on. Okay, and of course our giveaway is absolutely brilliant. If you ever want tickets for Tyson Holyfield, or if you want tickets for Lennox Lewis and one of the Klitschko's. They're not as good as what we're going to give away today. So just listen up. The very, very end of this segment, the start of the next segment, you're going to have to start to, to text into plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three because this is well worth taking part in. Um, so, some interesting games on tonight as well. I'm going to run down a little bit later. Already, Bati Borisov in the Champions League qualifier. They are winning. Well, they've, they've actually, sorry, won 2-1 against HJK Helsinki. So they're through to the next round of the Champions League. And Mithailand and Astana are nil-nil. Right now, Astana are leading that 2-1 on aggregate. Of course, they're playing that uh, second leg in Denmark and the winner of that of course will face Spartak next week so before we go any further any further ado we've got two guests already in the studio ready for the off um, the first man well he's, he's a I would say a, not a long time caller because he's usually been here with us in the studio so Mr Andrew McLean who is a senior news editor for Russia Today how are you doing? Very well, thank you. How are you uh, doing? Very, very good. Looking resplendent in your Ranger shirt. Okay, uh, and also sitting beside... That's a Glasgow Celtic shirt, sorry. Celtic um, Thistle. <laughs> yeah, but, well, something like that. It was a nice little kind of like four-leaf clover on the end of it, so... Uh, okay, and also sitting beside him, another a long-time friend of the show, and someone who will be with us all going well this weekend at the massive, massive uh, kick-off to the home stadium uh, game for Lokomotiv and Spartak. We have Mr. Alexander Zotov. How are you doing? Great. I already won the tickets. Uh, not yet, not yet. You had to take part first. We had to get the okay. question out first. So, so listen. Um, okay, um, Andrew. For, you know, we've we've had a, a, a long, hot summer. A huge World Cup. What were your World Cup highlights? For me, the biggest one was seeing uh, a, a, a genuine change in tactics. I think this year, normally you you associate each national team with a sort of forte that they have. This year, I thought it was. Um, each team kind of copied each other, and it made for amazing excitement when they had to change those tactics in the last sort of 10 minutes to go for a goal and you saw, I think it was the most uh, goals in stoppage time or the last 10 minutes of a game and it was fantastic. In 90 Great minutes, attempt. I think yeah. of, of yeah. injury time, yeah, the most, it was like 11 goals scored or something like that overall. Or no, something. Nine or 11 in yeah. stoppage time, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. And of course, that just as you were talking about that, like the, in terms of like your team sort of like going all out, there was that amazing game, Alexander, of the, the uh, Belgium-Japan game where... Belgium played their normal like attacking game and were counterattacked to death by Japan and then they reversed their game to actually counterattack Japan to the death at the very end. Yeah, it was a fantastic game. I mean, I really enjoyed it as as well as most of the games from the World Cup. I mean, I agree that uh, that there was not a specific style to a specific team and it was uh, a lot of uh, maybe copying and going around and a lot of goals from the set piece also, you know. That's something also stood out from other World Cups, I think. Did that, did that take away from the football a little bit because there were so many, like, say, penalties or corners or free kicks that goals coming from that? Or, or do you think, is that like a, an advancement in football that teams are... Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's just something that teams work on more these days than they did before. So, with these, like, these 
killer applications that <laughs> some some of the players performed during the games. I mean, it really looked fantastic, and something you can see that it's was trained and from different places, from different positions on on the field, and we saw a lot of beautiful goals, including the goal scored by by Golovin. You know. Of course, and of course, like Cherish as well. Cherish, but, I mean, yeah. what, what you were at quite a number of games. What were your personal highlights of the World Cup? Well, besides that, it was fantastically organized. I think uh, something I makes me proud. Um, but uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the spirit that was uh, with the Russian team because something we didn't see in, in some of the tournaments before. We saw, you know, their eyes were glowing. You know, they were giving everything they got. They Basically, weren't the best team, maybe technically and player-wise, but they, as as a team, they were one of, one of the best. And I think if you send her glowing, that could give off something like that. We're talking on top of the Tour de France a bit later, so maybe <laughs> maybe alter the language slightly. I mean, I mean again, well, you, you know, they were sniffing something. <laughs> they said, "Listen, okay." Now, beside me, of course, I have Alexander Zotov, who is the CEO of the Football Players Union of Russia and an executive member of the executive committee. That's why he's former. former. Yeah, all former. I'm going back to Spain. What's that red dot in the middle of your forehead right it's, now? It's <laughs> There's a sniper over in the room. Okay, uh, Andrew. I mean, you, you, um, for most of it, you were you were covering from the, the news center uh, on, on Russia today. What was it like? I mean, because you. I mean, we were seeing it like, we, like, of course, I was at like following games and so on. But you saw everything coming in and the fan excitement as well from around Russia and not just Russia, around the world as well. What was it like to be like, you know, reporting on that news? How was it for you? It was a real buzz every day. I mean, the, the newsroom is obviously very different, and to have there was such an energy to it, and watching people and especially Russia doing so well, there was such an upbeat feeling everywhere and. I, I was so surprised that so many fans and how quickly fans discovered the centre of Moscow and the centre of main cities because of the, the FanFest park was, was quite far away from the, the centre. It was closer to the Luzhniki. Yet all the fans seemed to find a way of getting together and creating this amazing party atmosphere right in the centre of Moscow. And, yeah, they were fantastic. It was colourful, fun, didn't come across any trouble whatsoever. I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, for me, we we reported on like a cat and I when we were discussing it, like from 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 outside as well. I mean, you got caught up in the whole thing as well. Yeah, definitely. And how did you enjoy? Like, I mean, as a you know, as a, as an as a native, like, how did you enjoy the the atmosphere around? Okay, Moscow? there's a few aspects here. As a native, as a girl, as someone who maybe doesn't know that much about football, I loved it, every bit of it. I went into the fan zone in Vrabiovogore. Um, uh, it wasn't what I expected. In what sense? No. Well, I, I kind of thought it was going to be a bit more chilled. People going to be like London style, sitting on the grass, drinking beer, having a good time. Everybody was standing on the pavement very close to each other. It was like kind of like metro in rush hours, basically. But the atmosphere was amazing. Although I had a guy in a huge sombrero right in front of me. And yeah, so I had to move eventually. <laughs> but what, it was great. It was awesome. One question, because we're going to come on to this in, in, in a moment. But would this encourage you to go to a game in Russia? No, no, it was great. But would would it encourage you, like the, the atmosphere? Like, would you then want to go to see a football game in Russia after the your like experience at, at a stadium? Yeah, mm, n no, because I'd I'd like to sit in a comfy chair, have a big screen, have have kind of uh, what you call it when they repeat the moments, you know, replays, yeah. 
have a bar available in walking distance, you know. I'm kind of that kind of person, but that's just me. I'm just... Uh, okay, well, then you could, if you win your prizes, this if people win prizes, they will actually have that. They'll have a nice comfy bar beside them, they'll have, like, a nice comfy couch, and they'll have replays on the screen. Now, just in, in that in that case, I mean, when we're talking about, you know, attendances, so attendances have, for the first round of matches, which were last weekend, of course, so Lokomi did, lost 1-0 in Samara, or sorry, Nizhny Novgorod, um, in extra time to Cisco Moscow. So, I mean, great game, very, very unfortunate, two good teams, and there were some question marks over the goal, but it doesn't matter. Cisco, you know, Cisco deserved to win overall, but the average attendance for, for this first weekend of games were 21,200, and that beats by almost, well, well over 400 uh, the, in 2010, the highest ever uh, first round total, which was 16,915. So, Alexander, okay, so Kat said, okay, she, it, this wouldn't encourage her to go to a stadium, but do you reckon that there will be this kind of after effect, this kind of like push for people to actually want to go to grounds? Well, I, I think it's not only the effect of, of, of the World Cup by itself, but it's the effect of these new stadiums. I mean, when you, it was the same thing happened when the first uh, uh, good cinema opened in Moscow in the 90s and, uh, and everybody just... There's a good cinema in Moscow? There was. Sorry, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was. <laughs> yeah, and, and everybody was just queuing up to, to get there. So I think, you know, the, cha- the difference between the old stadiums and the new stadiums is, is huge. It's like watching a t- totally new game. You get a new, you know, atmosphere and everything, and I think people will like it, and they will surely, I mean... They will get, turn up. Yeah, they turn up, and they will do it constantly, I think. I mean, Andy, you, you've, you've been, like, covering games here before in your, in your <laughs> when you are formerly a sports journalist. Um, I mean, so you've seen the stadiums, for example, in the Lokomotiv Stadium. Would, would that encourage you, say, to bring your kids to a game? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the new stadia would encourage children and families to all go together. But it's quite funny because you mentioned that the new stadiums would encourage people to go. But where we're from, we like the nostalgic old stadiums, people uprooted from Upton Park, people uprooted from, you know, don't want to leave Anfield, don't want to leave White Hart Lane because it's what they were used to it's what you know they feel that that has an atmosphere there's a history whereas here the new stadiums new atmosphere new so it's getting a resurgence and that that's great but obviously we look at it the other way with yeah the, i mean the that, that is there's a reason there's a reason because we had a we had a championship until the the fall of the soviet union and it was really popular i think at some points, very, well, the attendances very were very good. I mean, yeah, yeah the attendances yeah. were good. And then, once it broke up, we, we lost... I mean, the, the competitiveness was not there anymore. I mean, we lost Dynamo Tbilisi, Dynamo Kiev, uh, Dynamo Minsk. Ararat, Yerevan. Ararat, Yerevan, and all these teams that stopped playing uh, together in one championship. And so we need to rebrand, to re- to reconstruct the, this competition again. And I think this is the start. I mean... It's so d- this point. is kind of a new dawn for Russian yeah, football? Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. Okay, all right. So just quickly before we go into break, uh, the, the other results, of course, this past weekend, we'll speak with the Russian uh, fixtures coming up at the, the end of this. So, of course, uh, Spartak, they beat Orenburg 1-0 at home uh, on Saturday. Dinamo, they were held to a draw in uh, Tula against Arsenal. It was 0-0. And Siska, of course, they also drew in, fr- in front of almost 40,000 fans in Samara, 0-0. Uh, Zenit, of course, they're mm, kind of top and table. They won in two men against the NC Krasnoyarsk. They won 2-0. Okay, so we're going to go to a break. Our first song, our first song, I think it's one that, well, I think it's, 
it, it won that ended out every single game in the in the World Cup, and uh, or it actually was after goals as well. And to be honest, it sort of wore on me a little bit. Now we had it once before in the song. So this is the last time we'll ever play the song on the show because uh, it, it, it's seen its day. So it's a good song, though. It's a very good song, but you know when you hear it like ten times a game, especially <laughs> when like Russia were playing, uh, when Russia were playing Saudi Arabia, knocking in five goals, I just couldn't handle it anymore. So this uh, to lead out to the first break because remember right after the break, listening because we had that uh, the first question for or the question for our giveaway massive giveaway for this weekend's game so this is the white, uh, seven nation army and the white stripes that's the one capital sports with alan moore
Hey, this is Becky Hayes. Listen to the BCM Radio Show every Friday on Capital FM Moscow 105.3. Every Friday at 1am on Capital FM Moscow. I like the way you do your f- Welcome back, folks. So this is part two of Capital Sports here at Moscow's Capital FM. Tonight, I am Alan Moore. Now, in just a minute, we are going to give out our question for our amazing giveaway. So before we do that, uh, I want to ask um, Andrew, who's, who's sitting here, Celtic um, are doing well, but, you know, what's, what's your ideal road trip, Andy? Belarus is what I'm hoping for. I've, I've seen Batya Borisov a, a through to the, the third round, and they will be playing Karabakh, I believe. Uh, Azerbaijan. Currently 2-0 up. Uh-huh. I think they've got a chance there, but Celtics, obviously, we need to beat Rosenborg tonight. Yeah, well, I mean, you're leading after the first leg. I mean, okay, they it's, it's in Rosenborg, but yeah, they have an away goal, but it's 3-1, wasn't it? It's 3-1. 3-1. I'd, I'd be devastated if we lost tonight, because I think that Rosenborg team is much weaker than the one that they're we not, beat not, last year. Yeah, and they're not the Rosenborg team of back in the 90s, like when they had a no. lot of money. And I mean, everyone said we need to model our club on Rosenborg, in Ireland especially. There's a history to them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, that was like big money. Then they went bust. Then they came back and went bust again. So there's always like up and down. Um, Alexander, uh, Ufa, of course, they, they, they're in Europe for the first time. They're playing Dom Jale from, from uh, Slovenia. Mm-hmm. Nil-nil in the first leg here. And then they're playing away. Um, how likely is it for Ufa to go through? I mean, they're, they're a decent team. They, they lost, their, decent they lost team, their coach, yeah. though, but they're, still, they're a decent side. I think they have good chances, and Domžal is uh, probably also a decent club, but the uh, Slovenian championship is not the strongest in Europe, I think. And uh, apart from the national team, their clubs usually do not perform that well. So, yeah. I, I mean, and Ufa is, I mean it's, it's really a good team. I mean, they've been doing well so far, I mean, in, in terms of like with, uh, like Dom Jolly, they've been getting better and better each year, and they've been proving and getting close to the group stages, but they haven't got that, that bit extra. So yeah. you'd expect Ufa to, to come through that tomorrow? Uh, hopefully, I mean, we need it for the rating and everything, so I, hopefully they do. That's it. Okay, in, in terms of like, uh, we just quickly before we move on, just from our champions, Spartak, I mean, they, they looks like that they will be uh, oh. meeting, uh, well, most likely Astana. Um, oh. Would you, Pauk. Pauk. Pauk, excuse me, sorry. So, Pauk, sorry, I was thinking, Pauk, spider? Okay. Uh, do, do we reckon that Spartak are going to uh, come through that, actually? Will, will, will they actually come through it, Andrew? I think it'll be a real test, but I think Spartak are actually the only team that have strengthened in Russia this year, and they, I, I think they've bought, wise, at the end of last year, they brought in Hani from Andelect, who I thought was hands down their best player, looks dangerous, Tashayev from Dynamo, very good in. player. Yeah, looks yeah. fantastic. For the last two years, I've been really impressed with him, and I think he's well-deserving of a big move. Spartak need to make sure that they... That they've, they've played a lot of, uh, of pre-season, but obviously with a few players missing. But those players will come back with a buzz. Players like Zobnin, etc. So hopefully, obviously, Pauk beating Basel tonight, away from home at the moment, 1-0, it'll be a real test. But you'd, you'd, you'd be hopeful if, if they're going to be serious about qualifying for the Champions League that it, it's a step they need to overcome. 
Okay, I mean, okay, so lo- looking at that and, all, and, you know, with the, the hopes of our clubs going through. Now, we're going to discuss it in a little while, of course, with Stuart Gulhuli from the, uh, he's the, the lawyer or the, well, the lawyer for the, or the legal advisor for the uh, PFAID, uh, Professional Football Association of Ireland. Um, but in, in Russia, of course, we, you know, Alexander, just to you, I mean, has, has the sort of the buzz and in, in terms of finance from the World Cup, has it filtered down into Russian clubs at the moment so far? Well, if you were talking about uh, a lot of sp- sponsors turning up and uh, giving my money to clubs, I don't think it's, it's happening. I think it's not getting better. Uh, some clubs probably will be better off with the attendances going up, but uh, I don't think it will be really uh, a huge financial boost for them. So it, we need to find a new model that everybody is talking about it. Because this government financing of clubs doesn't work out and we don't have that many big sponsors that are ready like Gazprom or, or Lukoil or, or RGD, the, the railways. We don't have that many of them to, 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 to hold you know, all the clubs from the Premier League to sponsor them. So we need a new model of, of financing the clubs or maybe some tax uh, tax uh, incentives kind of incentives like for for sponsors to to start working with clubs and you know investing into 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 football into hockey the hockey is also a big problem yeah, yeah. i know but again, yeah. shows in, in basketball and all the other clubs okay so uh, okay so be, there have been sorry andrew just go on I was going to say an uplifting moment there from Mr. Zotov. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, 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 be more, we'll, we'll be more, we'll be more um, positive a bit later on. Right now, we're going to go all the way to Dublin, Ireland. So we're going to go to a man who has been, I, I have to say, he's been fighting the good fight and he has been a voice of reason and sanity in Irish uh, professional football back, you know, especially with the, the League of Ireland. Um, and there have been some very interesting, uh, let's say, happenings in the, in the League of Ireland this year, not just with clubs in, well, the two clubs in particular having some uh, difficulties, but also with the kind of how to support players when a club goes bang or a club has uh, financial difficulties. So we're delighted to have on the line, all the way from Dublin, Mr. Stuart Kilhooley. Uh, Stuart, how are you doing? Hi, Alan, how are you? Good, yeah. Very, very good. Listen, sure, I'm going to start off straight away with Bray Wanderers, of course, who, who, you know, this this really, like, surprised me that it, you know, that they, first of all, that they got their licence to play Premier Football this year, uh, and then went two months almost without playing their players. Um, what, okay, I know that now things have been sort of uh, reconciled a little bit, but what can be done to prevent this happening in the future in Ireland? Well, I mean... <laughs> I think the, the biggest problem we had, the big problem we had with Bray was that uh, they were that they the, at the start of the season they got their license in in circumstances where really you kind of wonder how how they got it at all. They had terrible trouble last year and um, uh, stays, once they lose the back they mainly go they mainly go on strike. Um, but um, then as as the, as this year started, we had much uh, much we quite a bit of trouble. Really, from uh, the work girl, and then as June came along, the uh, monies weren't paid. The uh, was a threat that the, the players would go on strike. But um, uh, uh, then we had a situation where uh, the, the FAI intervened eventually after quite a, a lot of uh, effort from us. But um, how do how we avoid it happening again? Um, I said, "Oh, we improved the lighting system. I improved." I, Sorry, Alan. There's quite a bit of feedback on this phone. Um, yeah, well, you, 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 you,
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hearing like sound twice, which is never a problem. <laughs> but it's a good thing. You, you sound very good, Stuart, so just don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, so the reality is that um, the light system does need to improve. Um, I think they need to ask themselves questions as to how they got themselves into this mess this year. And I think they have to be just a little bit more careful about giving light and hope they can't pay their players. Uh, well, okay, that, that, is, that is a point. And, of course, the, the word you used there was strike, which, of course, people don't usually associate with sports. But, um, you know... Would there be a justification? Sure, I'm, I'm just. I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate. So, you know, should players go on strike when they're unpaid, or should they try to negotiate? I mean, you guys negotiate on their behalf, but what what else yeah. can be done apart from strike? What else can be done to to? Well, to I mean, strike. Yeah, yeah. Strike is very much an last resort, Alan. It's something that frankly it's never actually come to pass, and I hope it never will come to pass. I mean, it will be something we, we regard as a threat, and so far, you know, both in the, with Bray and the Limerick situation, it has produced results. So. I'm hoping we never get to the point where strike happens. And we've tried everything in terms of negotiation. We've tried everything in terms of the club and the FAI. So I can assure you, if it ever comes to a stage where strike actually occurs, then that will be a disaster for the league. And it will also be a sign that everything has been tried. Listen, uh, yeah, I, I know that it's, it's, the, it's the sort of the uh, op, the last option, the last one you want to resort to. Um, okay, so the PFAI, the Professional Football Association of Ireland, you both protect players and you fight for their rights and their well-being. How important has the union been in the progress of the domestic game in Ireland, Stuart? Well, I think that certainly, uh, in terms of the union in the last probably last five to ten years, it is certainly. I think it has improved a lot in terms of of what of what. We do. Um, I suppose when I started, when I got involved in the union, uh, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, uh, the clubs were not that different to what they are now. In the sense, the contracts often weren't honoured, also in on a regular basis. But we made it clear that we weren't going to stand for that. We made it clear that um, if if wages weren't paid, every avenue would be explored to ensure that either the players got their money back or that they'd be allowed to be released to go to other clubs and. Certainly in terms of maybe those misbehaving in, um, in terms of letting people go from contracts for spurious reasons, and uh, we always took them on. And today we've actually always been successful. So I think what's happened in terms of the clubs, is the clubs have realised that you know they have to behave themselves, they have to um, treat the players with respect and on a contract in as much as they can. And I think in fairness to the clubs, they usually do. And now the only problems we really encounter is where um, the clubs just don't have the money. And that's really a question of clubs working out start the season for a license that comes in. To answer your question, you, you, the leadership received the General Secretary I think has been correctly described in Irish football. I mean, Stephen lives and breeds the game, the, the union. He's every, every match. He's, um, you know, he's beaten the player. He's, he's, he spent his every day and night on so you're just breaking so, up on us there. We 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 can't pick up pick up and all. We just lost a little, little part of it. So, can we? That's not Okay, uh, we, we we just lost Stuart just there. Just the, the, the line went down. We will get Stuart back on. Actually, we're going to get him back on next week. So just to, to we'll we'll get a bit of a better line on our side. So uh, I'm just throw it across to you. So just in, in terms of like with dealing with players and unplayed players, because you know we we have that situation. You know, with Angie Makashkala right now, where there's no money in the club. Um, would you be encouraging players to go on strike for pay, or would that be worthwhile in this case? Well, from from what I just heard from Stuart, I think we have the same problems, and uh, basically, uh, what the union does in Russia and the union does in Ireland is is, is the same. 
um, and the situation with Angie is uh, is really a, is a problem. What the same problem that Stuart mentioned is 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 the lack of uh, transparency in the licensing system, and uh, unfortunately, the union is not yet ha doesn't yet have its representatives in the licensing committee, and the clubs are really against it. Why is that? Because they don't, they're afraid. I mean, they don't want this, you know, going, peeking around. But we do that. But uh, now, if the union says don't license this club, this is like a recommendatory thing. It's in the regulations, but we just recommend. And we're, but how can that work? Because, I mean, if... Okay, the same thing happens in Ireland as well. Yeah. this independent body, which is not yeah, very independent. Yeah. Um, as we've been pointed, what uh, Stuart has pointed out before. Because, surely, if you know that this club has a legacy... And has outstanding, for example, Rotter Volgograd, who have like, generations of players unpaid and yeah. millions and millions in debts, but yet are still given a license. How can that be allowed to happen? No, but Rotter, they paid all the other... They, they paid, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, we made the law that you cannot name the club the same name if the club went bankrupt and didn't play, pay the players. So Rotter was one of these clubs, so they had to pay the players, the previous players, to, 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 to take the name. Back. Yeah, like Alanya, they cannot be named Alanya now because they haven't done that. So there's Spartak, Vladikavkaz, there's no Alanya. In, uh, in a city. And there's still millions Thank in you to there, like, Yeah, yeah exactly. It was like thir 30 million, no more, 30 billion rubles, wasn't it? In debt still. Oh, there's a lot of money. I mean, if you calculate everything, probably because they took uh, they took a big sponsor and then the, 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 the sponsor's money just disappeared. Oh my, okay. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I mean, Andrew, you know, in Scotland we had that with Rangers as well, the zombie club. What's going on with them? <coughs> Excuse me, what's going on with them there at the moment? Well, they seem to have steadied the ship for the time being, but the, there's certainly a feel that something isn't quite right there. Um, at the beginning of this season, they had all this talk about that they were going to give a, a war chest to Stephen Gerrard, who's the new manager. Ex-Liverpool star. And it's been seven loan deals and a couple of wheeler-dealer kind of ones that weren't, they weren't sure whether they were going to push them through. And then there was the issue over the UEFA licensing as to whether they were going to be uh, obviously and under... they in Europe, yeah. yeah. yeah FFP, yeah. Um, because they've actually been on a downward spiral in terms of debt over the last three years. Um, however, they have been granted it, and they're currently in the qualifiers and, and, and doing quite well, and Steven Gerrard seems to be making a difference. How long that lasts, it, it always feels like there's something overshadowing the, the, the club at the back of it. But so far, I mean, they've, they've kept the, the ship on course. Okay, well, that remains to be seen. Okay, so... Uh, before we go away, because we're going to do it right in the middle of uh, when they chat with uh, Stuart, but the giveaway, of course, are two VIP tickets to today, because we'll have more on uh, Friday. So two VIP tickets to Locomotive Spartak game this weekend on Saturday evening. Um, and you simply have to text in LOKO, L-O-K-O, to plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Okay, so plus seven ninety five. Uh, one 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 zero five three. I see my my uh, guests here starting to text in. No, boys, don't. I know your number, so we're going to block you straight away. So I, simply type in local. Exactly, <laughs> your second phone. L O K O local, and then you will be in for the draw for two tickets, which will be announced on Friday morning on the breakfast show. So um, very very quick, we're going to go to a song right now. So um, oh, actually, just one, uh, Andrew. The uh, Aberdeen Burnley, the Battle of Britain, one one. I mean, that was quite quite a turn up wasn't it last week it was just such a shame it wasn't on telly but that's the way that Scottish football's been in these qualifiers they need to get people in in the ground to that's watch why it they, they didn't that's what it was because I was wondering I wanted to ask you like why wasn't it on TV okay fine so it's because of to get the numbers in Celtic do the same 
Well, I guess that's, well, that's okay. Next week, though. <laughs> next week, next week. Okay, so we are going out to uh, our next song, which uh, it was one, actually, this is, this is to honour Stuart because, uh, and, well, all of us, because this is a, a, a legendary group. This is one that's going to get you a bit, kind of rocking in before we start our third part. Uh, this is a legendary song, one that you're going to enjoy, I know. This is Thin Lizzy and the boys are back in town. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Digital Stand Up with Steve Foreman. Ah, here we go. You know, I don't think I have a lot of people that hate me, but I think I have a long list of people who moderately dislike me. You can really taste the Soviet Union in a larder. You know, there's like a. Well, you can smell petrol. That's the main thing. That's the main thing you notice, to be honest. And actually, the, the larder doesn't start just by turning the key. You also, have to sort of go, like, the way there's like, there's like an element of that. Like, you know. Oh, British we people. We gave you a language. Oh, British people. God's sake, I wish you'd use it. <laughs> Every Thursday at 9 p.m., Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow. Are you serious? <laughs> you got a date line. We speak English. We play a hit. Capital FM. <laughs> So anybody, anybody who has ever been to a game of football or watched a game of football in Russia will know exactly what that song is. It is the Football Marsh, uh, composed by a Spartak fan, but we won't hold that against no, or at uh, the song, of course. Um, so joining us right now in the studio to run down, because we have another second round of games this weekend in the Russian Premier League, we have Peter P. Peter, uh, what have we got on in store, apart from the Lokomotiv Spartak game? All right, uh, on Friday, 7.30, we have Dinamo versus Rubin. At Saturday, we have uh, Ural, Krasnodar at 2 o'clock, Zenit Arsenal at 4.30, Locomotives and Spartak at 7. And uh, Sunday, I think it's uh, Orienborg at Karelia Saverov at 4.30, 4.30, and CSK Rostov at 7, and Ahmad Yenisei at 9.30, I believe. Okay, so Andy, of those games, where would you put your money if you want to have a bit of fun? If you want to have fun, or do you yeah. want to win? Mm, let's say win. <laughs> I think you probably have to look at who's playing the bottom three clubs, in my opinion, for uh, for this season. So anyone up against Yenisei, Orenberg, probably. They're going to be the winners, okay. All right. Okay, Peter, uh, okay, so also, just a slightly off topic, but we have uh, the English season kicking off. So who's playing who and where is it going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chelsea's playing Manchester City, I think, at um, Charity Shield. And uh, some f- interesting facts, actually. Uh, both both teams have new coaches. And I believe City got this new player called Philippe Sandler. He, they, he, he was just signed, so, like, I'm looking forward on looking at his potential and stuff like that. Okay, so Andy, this new signing, what do you reckon? Is he going to light up? Is he going to be another, like, I don't know, uh, Mbappe? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, uh, working his way into that team is going to be um, a very difficult task, I think, for this season. What do you reckon for that? I mean, uh, we were talking just before we went back on air about uh, Unai Emery, of course, who was here with Spartak and, you know, was not given any time at all with Spartak and was kind of like undermined a lot. Um, do you reckon, is, is he a good fit for English football? I mean, what he did with Sevilla was really, you know, he's, he's a good coach, I mean, in any sense, and I think he has, uh, has you know, with, with his coaching style, I think he'll, he'll do good in, in and of course, one of his ex-players has just moved to um, to Lokomotiv, mm-hmm. Krzysztofiak, who, mm-hmm. who who we took yeah. to PSG. The Polish well. guy, yeah, the yeah. Polish guy. Yeah. Actually, just on on that, do you reckon? Because of course, we had a Lokomotiv. Uh, they've signed Hawaitis and mm-hmm. Krzysztofiak. Is that like you were speaking with Spartak, like strengthening their side the most? Would you reckon that that maybe that? Loco I think Loco did better. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you reckon? I mean, does that? If we're talking about it, um, if we're talking about the, the league at the moment, who who looks like challenging? Because I mean, okay, Loco they drew their first game against Ufa, of course, on Friday night or Monday evening, I, sh- I should say. 
But, I mean, is it an open league this season? Because last season you predicted it very, very well. You actually said it would be, like, lo- you did. You, you were on the phone and you said that uh, Lokomotiv will be up there challenging. Uh, you thought that Terek might have a bit of a rattle. They started off the season quite mm-hmm. well and they fell away. But uh, you, you went against Zenit. You said they, they, they wouldn't win the league, wouldn't come close. But this year, I think Zenit with uh, Simak on, uh, on the helm, I think they will go- do good because... I think it's time for them to also to, to, to find their own philosophy and stop you know changing coaches and find a coach that will be their coach. And I think Simak has good contact with uh, with the players, and he he's a he was a fantastic player himself. He did well in Ufa, and I think he has a lot to for him going for him in uh, in Zenit. And of course, they they have um, they have you know gotten Manchester United's coach Rebalta. Uh, that coach, the scout, he was the scout, chief scout. Excuse me, that's yeah, right. He's now scout, the sporting the director. director yeah, which, yeah. following Lokomotiv, Lokomotiv did the same thing, where they got like a you know a top class sports director in uh, Eric yeah, yeah, yeah. who has you know got these wonderful signings from Farfan, from Rebus, to, to, all the way through to to. And uh, still Henderson. a lot of people criticizing him. The, this I don't know. I mean, I understand why because <laughs> there's a fight. Because <laughs> because they're not <laughs> making money club, off yeah. getting players into the club. <laughs> but I mean, I mean. Is it? Is it? I mean, Alexander, is it good that like you, you get like a a, um, a non-Russian sports director in to head it up? Like it, it shows it can work in Lokomotiv. It had a major result. Like they won a cup and they won a league. Um, couldn't they do the same ones any? Well, we'll see because it's always a question of chemistry, and if the chemistry is right, then it works out. If it's not, it doesn't. So it's really hard to work for a foreigner, I think, as a sports director in Russian football because it's really. A, Chaos, but uh, if he understands what how things tick here and manages to find a balance between Russian players and foreign players, and um, understand that the core of the team has to be, I think, made of local players, and then you know, under but hopefully, I mean, this probably he's a smart guy. I, I don't know him, but from what I understand, he has good experience, and probably um, probably he'll do good. Yeah, good. I, I'm same with Andrew. I mean, we like. I mean, Celtic have normally had you know domestic coaches, as in like from the UK or from Ireland. Um, would you would you prefer to see you know locals at the helm rather than a, a foreigner be brought in? At Celtic, I you've think had experience of it, like so. That's yeah, I mean, Vim Janssen, obviously um, ending the ten in a row hopes of the other side <laughs> of Glasgow. Um, I think it's very different with Celtic because there's a there's a culture and a, there's something that foreigners might not be able to grasp when they come in, which is the importance to the fans. Whereas here, I think bringing in a foreign aspect, where you have a lot of people within each club that are experts already within the Russian market and maybe doing things, you know, it might just take a tiny little tinker to to to, to improve things on the training ground and to improve things in the scouting networks, to improve things in getting players in, getting the right deals, and I think introducing a few foreigners to maybe learn from them, maybe not keep them forever, but to learn from them, I think it's it's a positive for Russian football. Okay, no, I mean, the one thing I remember even everywhere I've gone, like where it's, where it's been Germany, well, Germany's a bit more open, but like say Malta, Croatia, and here in Russia, it's like the, the one thing that they try to beat you down with is, like as a foreigner, you don't understand football or local football, but like you can always learn. 
Whereas, you know, if these people aren't capable of learning it, within the Russian football or within Maltese football or wherever it may be, then they're going to kill their own game. So that's it. Uh, Peter, you, you had a... Before I said, before I just go to you, we had that question again. So just type in L-O-K-O to plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three to win those pair of VLB tickets to the massive game this weekend, Lokomotiv and Spartak, which of course is at the uh, Erge Arena. But you had a question about the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, what's up with that? What's 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 all about that? Like, fuss going on around the the the, the winner or something? Like, he, he, I heard he. He was using some drug and then. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. We can't say. Can't say. Some, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, I know. Don't Allegedly. put me the, yeah, 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 don't, yeah, yeah, he yeah, was glowing. Yeah, he was glowing. <laughs> exactly. Like you said the the Russian art players. I was going. Okay. Well, the whole thing was because we uh, we'll, we'll bring before <laughs> we get ourselves in trouble. Um, although we did have we did have Rene and Shirley on last week. Uh, the uh, former head of the Jamaican anti-doping, uh, and you heard that, yeah. yeah. So I mean, when we asked her, because of course Team Sky, who were of course funded and backed by the huge Sky Network TV and so on, and the uh, Times newspaper and Sun newspaper, so we asked her, like, should we be, should we, like, are we being fair? Like, should we give them a, a an, an easier time because, of course, they've been won six of the last seven Tour de France's, and she just said no. You know, that was it. Was like, she went no. That was brilliant. The, the whole thing was that now we've been told that this guy is clean, completely clean, even though he's been at the team since, what, 2010? Long time, long, yeah. Yeah, a long, long time. Never showed himself. Never showed himself as a Grand Tour winner, like, at, at that level. He never showed himself. And then suddenly, at the age of 32, I think it was? Yeah, I think he was second last out of, what was it, 304 <laughs> on his first ever attempt. And well, then not six years point. later, getting older, legs starting to give way, and he's and he, um, and top he's, of the pile. No, but but he, he has experience now, you know. That's it, yeah, it's in his legs. The whole thing, Peter, is that, like, the, the, the questions have to be asked where he, you know, they, he, he gets thinner, he loses weight, just becomes pure muscle, and goes faster. And this is how it all And knows it. how to, to spread, you know, during the course, how his strength, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's smart. Exactly. And yeah. the one thing that we, no one seems to be mentioned, especially, like, I mean, it's, it's been kept a kind of a hidden secret, are that a lot of these cyclists, they appear, they appear, and this is no joke, this isn't conspiracy, this is truth. They appear to have motors on their bicycles. Now, I, and I, okay, let me explain this. I get really annoyed. Okay, I get really annoyed here in Moscow when you like see these people propellers on, on their backs. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> when, like, how does it work? Like, you mean the construction of like the like the the bicycles is just so thin? Like, how, how can you? This fit is it, it. This is it. They've been proven that the, this Hungarian guy Vargas showed how it can be done. So. Y- Cats laughing, you know, I'm being deadly serious. I mean, just look at it. Oh, okay. Anyway, this has been going on for, for a long, long time. So if you see these people, are you on the scooters, like the Samokat, yeah, yeah, these yeah. scooters, really annoys me where normally, like I see Tim a little bit, he's like going on, he's like pushing himself with one foot the whole lot. And then you see these people, like you're, you're here, you're skateboard, so you use your own feet. But these people on the little scooters, they have a motor in them. I'm thinking, that's Yeah, but cheating. you see it. Yeah, yeah but you... you but this is the same thing with um, with the what you call it um, with these bicycles. So it's actually built into the tube. So you pedal, 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 and then you stop, and or it'll actually yeah, support it's like a hybrid hybrid yeah. engine. Yeah, exactly. It is, and this is no joke. And this is where okay, there's doping, which is one thing, and then there's motor doping. And the weirdest thing is, and it, and I mean, I've. I've I kind of begin to understand it where, uh, like, cycling fans, like, ones who like, absolutely love cycling, they're like, look, doping's bad. We know that. But motor doping is worse. And I'm going, why? Because it's like, 
It's not real, is so it? So if we go from unmanned Uber taxis to the unmanned Tour de France <laughs> in 20 years, that, that, this is that the could whole thing. It this is the whole thing. It's kind of like, what's next? I'm saying, no, this is... So, okay, so back onto the, the doping thing. Um, if you look through the, the history of it, we were discussing before we came on air that if you look through the history of how these guys have been found out, so they've been, you know, this like bag full of medicine that was sent to uh, France, uh, this jiffy bag, this like little package, but they don't know what was in it. Then they lost all their records. Then the doctor was too sick to give evidence at an inquiry of the team, or the team doctor. And then uh, he releases a book describing it all. So it's like... It's time after time. Then one Chris Froome, the the previous winner, um, was found with like what like from these uh, asthma inhalers. He like supposedly had like eighty. Oh, they're Norwegian medicine. They're Norwegian. This is the whole <laughs> thing. It's like what do we believe? I told you to merge Tour de France with biathlon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you did can... actually. Yeah, yeah, we to go to the back. Well, do you know? What? I, I, I know. Okay, look, we'll move when on. I was at school, if you did the cross country and you had uh, or you needed an inhaler, they recommend you you didn't run one k. Try a mountain on a bike. But this is, but okay, listen, as, as what Willie <laughs> Nelson said, he said, listen, guys, he said, like, you know. Willie well, Nelson, you mean the, the, the singer? Singer. Yeah, because he said, on like. On the road again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he was, he said that, he said, I can't believe all those drugs that Lance Armstrong took because, um, you know, when I took drugs, I couldn't even see my bicycle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stupid joke, I know. But anyway, um, but it is. That, but he, was he was glowing. He was glowing. You see, they were going back onto this. That's like, you don't. I want to believe. I want to believe. You know, I do things. So. so, if that's answered your question, has it answered your question? Plenty. Well, no. yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be naive. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, next week, next week, I have to say, next week, uh, we will have the sport editor for BBC, uh, Dan Rowan. He's going to be on with us live from, from the UK. So, he, he actually was one of the only journalists who questioned this win. Like to say, should we believe it? Because look at all the background history of this guy and so on and so forth. And they said they don't take injections. And then they said they had to take injections. They don't use inhalers, but they take it. Anyway, right. On to football this weekend. So, um, for Lokomotiv Spartak, huge, huge, big game. What do we reckon? What, what do you reckon, Alexander? Who, who do you think is going to take on the bacon? Or will it be a draw again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> it's really hard to predict. I mean, just after one uh, game day and... Uh, they're really both are good teams, and I don't know how it will work out. Probably a draw, yeah. A draw, okay, a draw. Andy, a lot of pressure on locomotive as holders. I'm going to side for a, a sneaky Spartak win. Do you really think so? Maybe two one. You think, okay, where, where do you think? Because um, I, I heard locomotive today have an interview with uh, uh, Alina Miyakova, who is one of the well, she's a, a under nineteen international for Russia as well, and playing right or left back for for locomotive Moscow women's team. And when we were discussing one thing that kept coming up with different player or people in the club was that they um, they need to sign a striker. They don't feel they have a striker. Now, personally, I don't know if that's that's true enough. But where would you need to strengthen up, Alexander Lokomotiv, to to try and like retain their title? I think the the main thing is you know holding this winning spirit. Uh, they are really, I mean, they have good players. Probably they they, they, they need some players uh, in each line. As always, you need to, to to keep up the competition and everything. But even with this team, I think they have a good chance in comparing to other teams. But it, it's again, it's a question of chemistry. If it works out uh, between uh, Gerkus Sömen and the team and everything and all these uh, <laughs> feuds that come up and down all the time, then then they they have the same chance as. Other teams like Zenit or Spartak or, um, 
Rubin even this year. Rubin, okay, that's a good one. You, you picked always an outlier, so Rubin this year. Okay, Andre. Krasnodar. Krasnodar. I think Krasnodar. No, but you see, they but lost 80% of their sponsors because uh, they were all through uh, Thunder. Through, uh, well, 80%, not in money wise, I think, but in. Uh, in uh, as as sponsors, I think it's, sponsors it's, it's like three million dollars or euros a year. But it's, but it's I think Galitsky has enough cash after selling so. Magnet. I would hope so. I would hope so. Okay, Andy, we've got a minute to go. So, who do you reckon for for the league? What what do you reckon for the league? I think if Samak, I mean Samak was ten minutes away from being an absolute disaster of an appointment at the weekend. Um, I think it'd be between Zenit and Spartak this year. I think. Retaining the championship is much harder than winning it in the first place and with the burden of Champions League football and having to come back down to earth at the weekend and maybe play an Orenberg is a tough ask. So I'd be, I'd, I think, Spartak this year for Spartak me. Uh, what do you reckon, Peter? Who, who's going to take on? Like, I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it safe. I'm going to say Zenit. Cause, I mean... Okay, so you're going to go, okay, so everyone's going for Zenit. Kat, who do you reckon? Not Yoshka Rola, anyway. Oh, dear Lord. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go with a safe option, too. You know, I've been putting on underdogs for the whole World Cup, and none of them won. So who are you going to bet for the... Zenith. For the... Sorry. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm, I don't care, really. Uh, <laughs> I'm neutral in any case. Okay, it's nil-nil between Rosenborg and Celtic, who have kicked off, of course. So Celtic leading that 3-1. It's a uh, 7-5, actually, for a Celtic win. Okay, so we are almost out of time. So that the winner, of course, will be announced on Friday morning with DJT on the breakfast show on uh, on Friday morning. We'll have two more tickets to give away then as well. So listen in. And, of course, you can still keep texting. You can text in plus 7925111053. The song we're going to play out with is one that really should be at the end of every single movie. And this is to sort of thank everyone for, for being involved. So thank you, Kat. My pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you, Peter. Okay, welcome, <laughs> Andrew and Alexander. Thank you both. Thank you. Okay, so we are going to play out with a little bit of Manchester. Well, it's kind of Manchester, so that Lancaster or Lancashire anyway. This is Take That, and this is something that's going to make you very, very happy. Even this is Shine. Talk to you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Such a big start to me You're everything I want to be But just look in a hole And I want you to get out I don't know what there is to see But I know it's time for you to leave We're all just pushing along Trying to figure it out Out, out, out your anticipation pulls you down When you can have it all It's not good for your health I know that you can change So clear your head and come round You only have to open your eyes You might just get a big surprise And it may feel good